Hello, today I want to share with you, by his stripes we are healed. Um, at, uh, in our church we have a song, whose report will you believe? And we all sing back, we shall believe the report of the Lord. And so I want us to go to Isaiah chapter 53, verse one. Now normally I scamper across these first few verses um, in my hurry to get to, to verses four, three, four. Um, but I wanted to dwell on verse one, which is who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And so often we, we can know the scriptures. Uh, I know there's an expression that familiarity breeds contempt. And people can say, oh yes, 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 I know that one, I know that one. But do we really know it? in our heart or is it just mental assent and so often we you know we can scamper across these verses and so at verse one it's speaking about the suffering servant which is a foretelling a, a prophecy of the lord jesus christ um, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the lord been revealed um, and this verse actually is quoted two times in the New Testament. Um, the first one that I found was in John chapter 12, verse 37. But though he, Jesus, had performed so many signs, miracles before them, yet they were not believing in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet, uh, which he spoke saying, Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And here John is speaking by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Um, he's been mentioning miracles and healings um, in connection uh, with this verse. And it says, to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now let's turn to Romans chapter 10, verse 16. Um, but they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So there we have that quotation from Isaiah chapter 53, verse one. And we're looking at the um, New Testament quotes and their comments on it. And we see that immediately following verse 16, who hath believed our report? This is in Romans 10. Verse 17 goes on to say then, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And he's asking a question here, who has believed our report? Two questions really. Who has um, believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Um, and the answer is the arm of the Lord. Now the arm of the Lord is symbolic and representative of the manifested power of God. And if we look back into the Old Testament, we see that the hand of the Lord would come upon a prophet um, or someone to be a deliverer of the people or to be a judge of the people. And then Jesus talked about the finger of God. He said, I cast out demons by the finger of God and a hand of the Lord in the Old Testament would come upon a prophet or, or a judge or a deliverer. And so when Jesus uh, was commanding demons to come out, it was just by the finger of God. Um, there's no struggle. Uh, so often in our minds, we imagine there's this enormous struggle and fight between God, the Holy Spirit um, and some demons. But in fact, it was just a little finger movement of the Holy Spirit, the great and mighty spirit of God. I mean, no fallen imp is, is any contest 
for him. It might be in our minds, but in reality, it's no contest for him. And so we see that it took really comparatively little of God's power to deliver people in Jesus' ministry. And, and you know, when we read the mighty miracles that happened, so, you know, going back to the finger and the hand, we realize obviously that the hand is bigger than the finger. And of course the arm is bigger and greater and more powerful than just the hand. So where do we see the arm of God displayed? Well, actually very few places. Um, but in Ephesians chapter one, uh, Paul is praying for, for the saints um, in Ephesus, and he prayed that they might know, the ex this, is the, the, this is the arm of God, the exceeding greatness of God's power towards them, which he wrought in Christ when he raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule, principality, might, power, dominion, and every name that is named. So what did Paul say? That you might know the exceeding greatness of God's power. That is the arm of God that raised Christ Jesus up. You see, to raise Jesus from the dead, to raise him free from our sin, to raise, him, to raise him up over death, hell, and the grave. God had to roll up his sleeve. He had to exert himself, but he did. Praise God, he did. And we might think, well, what's, what's, what's the big issue? But really, to appreciate these verses in Isaiah, we need to understand that God didn't have to exert himself to raise Lazarus from the dead. He didn't have to exert himself to raise the widow of Nain's son from the dead. He, he didn't even have to exert himself to raise Jairus' daughter from the dead. No, 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 it's a completely different thing. The arm of the Lord, the manifest power of God. So why was it necessary for God to use the exceeding greatness of his power? Well, you see, the answer is that the Bible teaches us that Jesus died because of our sins. He took all of our sins, all the sins of mankind, of every man, woman, and child that ever lived, that would ever live on the face of this earth. And he took them past, present, and future, and he died. And for God to raise him from the dead, he had to raise him free from all the sins of mankind and to justify him. And having done so, oh, isn't this amazing? God has done this for you and for me. He didn't have to do it for himself. He has given us the right of access to his life, his Zoe life, the, the amazing life of God. And he's given us the right to the new birth, to be born again by the spirit of God, to become a child of God, to have the spirit of God dwelling in us. And he has given us the right to the resurrection of our bodies, which we will see in the future, we will experience. And the Bible tells us that we have died and we were buried with Jesus and we have been raised up together with him. So when Jesus died, our old man died. And when he was raised from the dead, we have been raised up together with him. And you see, God the Father raised Jesus up. When he did that, he raised all of us up. Now it will be a matter of time until we actually see that outwardly, but in the plan of God, 
it's accomplished, it's done, it's finished. And what did that take? It took the arm of God, it took the exceeding greatness of God's power to do that. But what is the question in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1? It says, who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Well, um, the arm of the Lord is revealed to the one who believes the report. So when we hear that, really our response should be, I do, I do, I believe the report. And so, as I said, to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? It's to you. You are the one who believes the report of the Lord. The power and the manifest greatness of God power has been revealed to you. But as Mark says in chapter 4, verse 24, um, Jesus is actually speaking, and he said to them, take heed what you hear. You know, in this day and age, we have information coming into us from the internet, Facebook, um, I can't think of all the other things that, that come bombing into our, our hearts and minds um, through computer games, through, through movies, through TV. It's, we're being bombarded with information. And Jesus said, take heed what you hear. So obviously what we hear makes an incredible difference to our health and to our lives. And he goes on to say, for what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. Then in Luke chapter 8, verse 18, Jesus says, take heed how you hear. Um, why? For whosoever has hearing ears, to him shall be given. And to whosoever has not hearing ears, from him shall be taken even that which he seems to have. So Jesus, we should take Jesus' words very, very seriously. This is not a suggestion. This, this is a command. Take heed what you hear. Take heed how you hear it. Why is that so important? Because you see, the measure that you meet, the measure that you give weight to what you hear, determines how much you're going to get out of what you hear. You know. I find it absolutely amazing that um, through our church life uh, and in other churches that there can be two people, they can be sitting in the same service, they can even be sitting side by side and they hear exactly the same thing at the same time. One of them, their life is changed permanently for good and the other one is, oh, ho hum, yes, I know the scripture, I can repeat it. And the difference is how one hears. Let's think on that. How are we listening? And one of the biggest things that determines how you hear is how you esteem what you hear. Esteem has to do with, with value what you hear. Now, how do you value what you hear? You know, at school, my teacher said to me, um, I can see you're no good at maths. I valued her opinion. I believed what she said, which actually was a lie. And it affected the whole of my life. So let's use it in the positive side, as it were, and believe what God says 
about us. And um, I've, some people have been sick and, and we, we give them the scriptures and they say, oh yeah, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard all that before. And you think, my darling, this is the answer to your problem, but it's, it's just passed off. What is the result of that? Because they measure so little respect, so little reverence, so little esteem to it, they actually get what they think they're going to get, very little, very little blessing. So Jesus said, take heed how you hear, because the power of God is the arm of God. And we've read that the arm of God is only revealed, manifested in that person's life to those who believe his report, not to those who say, oh yeah, I've heard it before. No, to someone who says, yes, that's the word of God to me. I just want to read um, part of the parable of the sower. As, as Jesus said, you know, they, that the sower went out to sow seed and some fell on the wayside, some on a rock, some among thorns, some on good ground. And um, his disciples came to him and said, you know, whatever does this mean? And he said, um, he, he now described, gave the meaning of the parable. He said, the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The word of God is a seed. If it goes into your heart and you water it with the word of God and with faith, it will produce what it says it will produce. For instance, if I sow onion seeds, I am going to get onions. I am not going to get pansies. And so God's word is seed and it, it contains within itself the power to bring itself into manifestation in your body and in my body. And so Jesus is saying, those um, by the wayside, they, those are the people who hear. And then comes the devil immediately and takes the word out of their hearts. I, listen to this bit. He takes it out of their hearts in case they should believe and be saved. And that word saved is a big word. It includes physical healing. So we could read it this way without doing any disrespect to the word of God. And then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts in case they should believe the word of God and be healed. And then, as you know, they're the ones on the rock and um, Jesus said, you know, they have no root. For a little while they believe. And then in a time of trial, they fall away. Say, oh, well, you know, God's word, it, it doesn't work, you know. Um, and then those among thorns. And that's the pleasures of this life, um, the busyness of this life, not giving our time and attention to the word of God and choked with the cares and the riches of this world. And it, the fruit doesn't, doesn't come to perfection. But, verse 15, on the good ground are they with which an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, guard it, and bring forth healing with patience. I just want to have a look at Romans 10, 17 again. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We need to keep on hearing and hearing and hearing. And I really mean hearing, listening, not letting it kind of go over 
I had. Uh, I just wanted to give you an illustration. Um, I don't actually remember Derek saying this as one of the home groups, but when I listened to the, um, the CD, it was kind of fascinating. And he was illustrating how God hears us. When we pray, God hears us. Um, and he said, uh, when Hillary talks, I hear her. Well, I know actually that he hears the sound of my voice and really precious little else. Um, but, and that's sometimes how we treat the word of God. We hear it. But God wants us to hear his word as he hears our prayers. After all, he's paying great attention to us. I mean, let's say it's, it's only polite that we should pay him a lot of attention. And so that's the kind of hearing we need for the word of God. We should have great esteem for the word of God because, dear ones, it's a matter of life and death for us. So who will the arm of the Lord be revealed? It's going to be revealed to those who believe his report. And Jesus firmly tells us um, so that those who believe, they will receive the manifestation of God's power. And a powerful minister of God once um, shared with me that um, he was dealing with someone one-on-one -on -one and they had a terrible uh, physical and financial worry. And he shared with them the truth of the word of God. But you know, they didn't cheer up, they didn't relax. And actually those were symptoms of not believing the report of the Lord. And if the person is just as sad, just as depressed, just as upset, you see, they haven't believed the report, not really. And you can't believe the report and stay unhappy and sad and continue to worry. And actually that spoke to me as well. Um, and if someone, for instance, someone tells you that the doc, that someone comes to you and they say, look, the doctor has said that um, they have to die, but you share, but praise God, I have some amazing good news. The Bible tells us that nothing is impossible with God. That's in Luke 1:37, And Jesus said, with men, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. That's Matthew 19, 26. And again, in, Matthew, in Mark 10, 27, um, Jesus said, with men, it's impossible, but with God, um, it is not impossible. All things are possible with God. And then Mark 9:23, Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. You're a him, you're a her who believes. All things are possible, no matter what diagnosis you have been given. And Jesus himself took our infirmities and carried our pains. I'm going to go deeper into that actually in my next session. And it says that God sent his word and healed us. That's Psalm 107, verse 20. With long life, he will satisfy, satisfy us. You know, when we hear that, um, um, we, we say, you know, with long life, God will satisfy me. Yes, I will live a long and happy life. Um, if we believe the report, it 
affects us on the inside as well as on the outside. It goes on to the inside. Someone who I really admire and who has been a tremendous inspiration to me is Dodie Osteen in America. And she was diagnosed with metastatic carcinoma of the liver and I think she was given something like three weeks to live. She couldn't have, she couldn't have um, chemotherapy or anything, it's just gone too far, it was all over her. Um, and so she and her husband said, look, we, we believe in a miracle working God. And she went home, knelt by the bed, John, prayed, John Osteen prayed for her husband. And she said she felt just as ill, just as weak, just as sick, but she got up. And she went on confessing the word. And she said, first of all, it was like there was a voice in her head saying, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die. And she would say, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. And it sounded such a weak little voice. But as she said it and said it and believed it and read it and said it, do you know what happened after a year? Totally healed. No cancer whatsoever. And it, it took a year. It took a year of clinging on to the word of God. And she did say that sometimes it would have been easier to have given up, but she held fast. And that dear woman is getting younger every day. She's a vibrant woman. And this is, oh gosh, it's gotta be 25, 30, 35 years. And she says that she will not go out of her house until she's read the healing scriptures. We need to have the word of God going in and nothing else, if, if we've got that fight on our hands. And so there is hope. If the doctor says there is no hope, that's his report and he's giving an honest report of what he knows by his medical knowledge. But the report of the Lord says that nothing is impossible with God. He sent his word and healed him by his stripes, you are healed. And so just keep, don't come under condemnation if you're finding difficulty. Believe, please don't feel condemned because that's not going to help you. But just resist the condemnation and start reading the healing scriptures and highlight them or write them down on a card and read them and meditate on them because they are life, life to your physical body. So I ask you again, to whom? is the arm of the Lord revealed to those who believe the report. And so let me just give you an illustration. Supposing that um, you've had a terrible situation, your car skidded off the road, you're stuck in the ditch, and there is no way that you're going to get out by yourself. And I come perkily along and I say, hey, I've just called the garage on my mobile. They tell me they're going to be here in five minutes. Now, do you burst out crying? It's said, oh, no, no, no. What do you say? You shout, yes, good, my deliverer is on his way. And so do you believe, you believe the report um, that I've given you, but do you believe the good news that Jesus gives us that um, the arm of the Lord is revealed to him who believes the report. If you esteem the word of God, you will believe that God says what he means and means what he says, and he fulfills all his promises. I know that I'm talking to, to people who do esteem the word of God. Otherwise, you wouldn't be looking at this program. You see, by looking at those symptoms of unbelief, which is we, when we hear the good news, we feel just as miserable and just as worried. 
um, we will be able to recognize them and come against them with the word of God. I love this scripture. It's in Galatians 3.13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law by being made a curse for us. It's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a, on a tree. Why? Why was he made a curse for us? So that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. And if we don't esteem the word of God, it's not going to make that much difference to us. If we don't see the importance of reading the Bible, if we don't take time to listen to good teaching, um, if we don't speak his word out, it's not going to make much difference to our lives. But it says that the word is nigh thee. This is in Romans 10 verse 8. It's in our mouth and in our heart. And uh, verse 9 says, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And um, Peter Atwood in our church, has um, the Lord led him to put this to music years ago when he was in Oxford University. And the refrain is, believe it in your heart, confess it with your mouth. Believe it in your heart, confess it with your mouth. Believe it in your heart, confess it with your mouth, and you'll be saved. You'll be saved. And that's that wonderful word of salvation, which is, encompasses um, healing. And so with a heart, we believe unto righteousness. And with our mouth, speaking the word of God unto our healing, for the scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be put to shame. He will not embarrass us. He will not let us down. And so whose report do you believe? And Jesus said, be careful what you listen to and how you listen to it. And so this is God's word to us. In Thessalonica, they believed. Paul said in um, chapter 2, verse 13, when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which because you've accepted it, effectually worketh in you that believe. Paul is saying, you believe the word I preached to you. You didn't just say, oh, well, that's what Paul says, ho-hum. But you said, this is God's word to us. And Paul is saying, because he's speaking to you where you are in your home, because you have heard the good news. You've heard the word because you esteem it as the word of God. That word is effectively working right inside you right now, this very minute. Do you believe the report of the Lord? God bless you.